What would you say you do here? Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is for January 22nd, 2024. My name is Bernie Burns, sitting right over there, looking right at me, coming soon to Apple Podcasts. Ashley Burns. <laughs> I fucked that up when I talked about that the other week. Well, we just had a couple of uh, throwaway words that did some heavy lifting, really. It's, uh, I'm going to defend so, myself. Okay. Uh, last week, we mentioned that we're, uh, we're going to be expanding. She's saying, it's so nice, she's saying we. To uh, Ap- Apple Podcasts as well, soon. We, we have yet to set a specific date for that. But You used um, the magic words, I said as well, I said as well. But as I, well. we scared the hell out of people that we were moving from our current home on Spotify, for which we're being paid a whopping zero dollars. Zero dollars. <laughs> uh, we're, we're adding Apple Podcasts in addition to that. Yes, so you'll be able to find us on both. We'll uh, we'll communicate a bit more about that as it gets a little bit closer in case Apple Podcasts is your preferred platform. Uh, please, if you're on Spotify, keep listening on Spotify. Don't, you know, you don't don't tune out. We're going to be continuing to publish there. Um, drop ratings. Actually, that stuff does matter. Today's podcast brought to you by The Algorithm. The Algorithm. Yeah, so uh, I personally am not a very big believer in... Coming soon. I never have liked coming <laughs> soon. Um, and when you when you work with people, uh, a lot of people in marketing, they always want to make announcements, and then it doesn't matter how long between the announcement and when the thing actually happens. Um, they just I don't know why they don't seem to care about that part of it. I care very much about that part of it. You might have noticed when we uh, when we started this podcast, it wasn't like hey we're thinking about starting a podcast. It was like there's a new podcast. Uh, you don't know about it. You'll be able to watch it or listen to it tomorrow. Here it comes. Yes. I'm a big believer for me, the internet, which most things are on the internet these days. I think the internet is click here, not coming soon. People people don't store away information for something they want to do later down the road. And I get it. There's there's a certain, uh, there's a science to marketing where the people are like, but we need to, there is. Sorry, I know, didn't, I, I scoffed. Evidence-based. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, evidence-based there's the reasons that people do things this way. And part of it is they're like, we need to get the hype train rolling. You got to get time to build up the momentum, get it out of the station. Or what? And get it. Or what? You know what I mean? It's because everyone, because another part of the marketing is to have that really big launch day. We right? had a really big launch day, launch week without doing any of that stuff. Yes. And it can work really, really well, I think. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's fun to anticipate things. Sometimes it's fun to be like, new exciting thing that you didn't know was happening. And it's here. It's great. Example, Apex Legends. I think it helps a lot. It's just more of a gut, you, it's more of a gut check to do it. Yeah, more of a risk. And I think it's also, a, in some ways, a gesture of confidence. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're not relying on hype to sell it. You're just like, here's our product. We believe in it. Yeah. You can try it right now. Yeah, I mean, you're, everyone's aware of it right now. Everyone who would be excited about it right now, here it is. So basically what we're getting at here is uh, when we do the addition of Apple Podcasts, it'll be, it, we're going to talk about it soon, but we're not going to talk about it until it's like ready to go. Like you would know within like two or three days that you can sign up for this on Apple Podcasts. We're just doing an announcement before an announcement because I fucked it up last week. That's all. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not a huge believer in coming soon. That also applies to other things we'll be doing. There's other plans for this podcast that are in play. Um, there is something coming probably within the next week which is a little bit of a pivot. We'll have our first episode uh, with a guest on it. 
Uh, and I'm I'm so proud of the name that I've come up with this. <laughs> and I'm going to die on this hill, even though I don't think Ashley likes it. And these episodes will be called? Morning Someone. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I love it. I love it. So if Ashley is not on an upcoming episode, don't worry. Ashley's just taking a break, a little rest, and she will be back with us shortly. I'm just rebooting, updating my firmware, taking it easy. While we're talking about firmware, did you hear about the Sports Illustrated layoffs, I guess is the best word to use, but really Sports Illustrated is uh, laying off most, if not all, of their staff. Wow. Wait, are we talking real staff or the pretend staff that they have? Well, that's interesting because a lot of people are seeing it as from their AI scandal. Let's talk about that in a second. But this is from an NPR article by Emma Bowman. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, The publishers of Sports Illustrated is planning to lay off most and possibly all of its journalists on staff after failing to pay its licensing fee to the magazine's parent company. Authentic Brands Group, the magazine's owner, said in a statement that it ended its licensing agreement with the Arena Group, the magazine's publisher, to publish Sports Illustrated, but that it remained committed to the 70-year-old magazine's continued publication. What does that mean? Are they getting someone else to make a magazine? It's not canceled. It's just no one works there or no journalists work there. So who's left that works there? Because they did say specifically all or most of its journalists on staff. Okay, so they're going to have their... Um, what what are they called now? Um, Layout artists, prompt engineers. That's what they're uh, called. They're they're going to get their prompt engineers on because they must have uh, paid a year up front for their subscriptions. It's funny because you're making a little bit of fun of that career, but there could be people who listen to this podcast five to ten years from now, and it's like that's what most people do now is prompt engineering. Oh, look. It won't I'm seem sure. that silly. I, I remember there was a time when uh, working in search engine optimization sounded ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And now that's a thing. Or being a social media manager. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Because everyone, I remember even when we hired social media people at Rooster Teeth, I was like, we just kind of all, job? we do this in our spare time. Like, yeah. what is the, is this a real thing? It's definitely a real thing. It is. Um, but yeah, this is, it's funny. And I'm making fun of it because it is coming off the uh, the AI scandal where they had Fake. They had pretend authors um, posting AI generated articles, and they got in a bunch of trouble for it. And then they they like deleted all the articles and all the authors and tried to pretend it never happened. It's very weird. They didn't just have fake authors; they had fake bylines, fake biographies for these authors with pictures that were AI generated as well. I'm gonna re- read from you. This is over a month ago, but this is from the Guardian. Uh, this is Aram Salam. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, reporting. Uh, for inst- uh, an investigative report published by the science and technology news publication Futurism found Sports Illustrated published articles written by fake authors. These fake authors also had headshots and biographies generated by artificial intelligence Futurism's investigation found. For instance, one profile page of purported author, quote, Sora Tanaka claims she is a product reviewer. The page said, Sora has always been a fitness guru and loves to try different foods and drinks. Miss Tanaka is thrilled to bring her fitness and nutritional expertise to the product reviews team. But it turns out Sora Tanaka is not a real person. And this all came about because of, uh, they discovered a byline by an author, Drew Ortiz, which was also discovered by Futurism to be fake and generated by AI. Which, there's something particularly interesting about that, Drew Ortiz and Sora Tanaka. It's very interesting to me that these big companies will diversify their writers now 
with fake profiles and AI generated people. Like they recognize that the representation is important, but they're actually but going out. But it's just out. so much easier to do it with not a real person. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting is a word to use, I suppose. But, and that happened before, right? Because you were telling me about that lady who was making an author who was basically downvoting her competition. Oh my God. Okay, here we go. Strap in. Are you ready to hear about all the drama? in drama corner. In that young adult <laughs> uh, fantasy slash possibly romanticy I need genre? A, I need okay. like a music bed for your drama. <laughs> it's it's very, like if you get into this sort of thing, it's very exciting. So what happened is... Um, an, First of all, I don't know what Goodreads is. What is that? Okay, Goodreads is, I think it's actually owned by Amazon at this point, but it's a website where people go on and there's, uh, you can basically leave book reviews and it's very, very popular. It's how a lot of people will- Is it, is it fair to say it sounds like Rotten Tomatoes, but for books? Yeah, kind okay. of, um, but it's very user-focused. So think of that it's much more of the, the user side of Rotten Tomatoes than the curated, um, you know, here's all the like top, you know, commercial reviewers, um, and then it's the audience score. Can I just, I, I hate to get off on a tangent while you're Okay, this. go ahead. One of my favorite things about living in the UK is that we have Amazon UK, and we also moved here during lockdown, so it was really, when we got here, it's like, wow, Amazon here is like 33% of what it is in the US. It, I think it's since recovered. We moved here in the triple whammy of COVID, supply chain, and then very specifically here, Brexit. So everything was completely fucked up, getting stuff here for a while. And it's kind of getting better. But one of my favorite things about the polite culture of the UK is the questions section of Amazon products where people can <laughs> ask questions like, will this work with a, you know, uh, a Sony PlayStation or whatever? They'll ask questions about that. And the answers there are so ridiculous. People will answer with nonsensical information, mainly because I guess they see a question and they feel like they have to answer it. They're saying, will this work with a Sony PlayStation? Top answer. Sorry, I don't know. I don't own a PlayStation. It's like, well, then <laughs> like, this, why are you answering? This is, that has nothing to do with you. Or, or be like, I don't know. I didn't get. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get that one. I don't know. I didn't buy this. I didn't ever bought this product. <laughs> yeah, so like, what are you? Who are you? Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. So going back, uh, there was this um, this author, and the thing is that's really weird about it is this author was doing very well. They had an upcoming. Uh, an upcoming book. They'd already secured placement in like uh, one of those like loot crate kind of uh, book boxes that are very popular with that genre. They um, it was wow. everyone was anticipating. I need to learn this about this stuff. I don't know anything about that kind of thing. And then um, then these other authors started were noticing that over a period of several months, um, this one group of uh, users on Goodreads kept downvoting like every upcoming book. And it's it's weird to downvote an upcoming book because most people don't have access to these these arcs, these adventures. Right. It seems copies. motivated by other things. Um, and these all these same users were then like liking each other's, you know, reviews and comments and um and they all upvoted this other <sighs> authors. <laughs> so bad. Which like you know, in 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 retrospect, uh, seems like it would have been you know fairly obvious, but it wasn't until one of the authors that um, that was involved in the whole thing that was that was being affected uh, put together this whole like thirty page evidence document. I'll see if I can find it, put it in the link dump because it this is a rabbit hole worth going down if you get into this sort of thing. And this this author. They confronted this author. They said, "Oh no, a friend did that on my behalf," and then came clean. Uh, and it it actually goes. It ties in a little bit to what you said earlier because some of the users that this author, the fake profiles that this author created to 
downvote other these other books would be like, as a person of color, I don't think this is authentic. Why did they waste the money? And that kind of thing. And it's like, you, that was very inauthentic. Do you remember one of the famous examples of this from our hometown of Boston, Texas? No, go ahead. That the head of Whole Foods, the guy that started it. So the, there's Whole Foods all over America now, which is like, uh, if you're outside of there, like Waitrose in the UK. Yeah. It's, it's a high-end like, grocery store. It's high-end grocery store. It's got a lot of its own store brands. It's got a nickname. It's Whole Paycheck. because that's what, <laughs> It's very expensive. <laughs> very too. expensive. Uh, but really high-end, like organic foods and good for you stuff. But uh, it's the, that good hippie shit. He was the, the guy who started Whole Foods, and I'm going to have to fact check this, uh, but he was busted for having a fake account and posting positive things about himself. Uh, and, and to the point where he even was like posting like, hey, I noticed the head of Whole Foods just got a haircut. I think he looks really great. With it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. Yes. You know, it's just like he's got other stuff he could do. But this lady was like Subtle. specifically, it sounds like, trying to go out and downvote her competition and upvote herself. Yeah, but which is like, it's... Which, I like I can understand how someone if someone is in like a really like weird mental space that would sound like a good idea but let me tell you right now that it's not um and it's not going to go well and the and the thing is they were already in a good place with the with the upcoming book with the deals that they had with it being anticipated and now the you know things like the the book box dropped her uh the publisher dropped them so now they have no book coming out so this uh, this thing about the Whole Foods guy was actually a deeper thing. Uh, I remembered the silly part of it, but he was actually uh, he was actually investigated. This is from a 2007 article by the New York Times uh, that was written by Andrew Martin uh, as his online persona Rahodab John P. Mackey, the co-founder and chief executive of the Whole Foods Market, was unabashed in his enthusiasm for his company's stock, albeit anonymously. So this was actually an investigation of him pumping his stock with a fake account. So this is along the lines of, the, of this lady, but on a much, much higher level. So right. that's crazy. But the Sports Illustrated thing, going back to that, uh, that's wild to me because clearly it's the whole AI thing uh, that's moving. Sports Illustrated was a wildly important periodical uh, in the 80s. So it's interesting that it's at the heart of right, uh, it was this, whole, a, this whole AI debate that's going on right now where all content is moving to AI generated. And it's clearly, it is moving that direction. It's it's heading that way. There was actually just um, uh, a literary prize. This was a this was a really um, prestigious uh, Japanese literary prize, um, and it was the gosh, what was it? It was the um, Akut Akutagawa Prize. I think I just butchered that. But uh, the author who won it, she won and was like, by the way, about 5% of this was written by ChatGPT. She immediately announced it. Wow. Um, mind you, What does that mean? She immediately announced it after the award. So she it's not like won the award. She Well, she won the award and was like, by the way. the Was uh, it an experiment or something? I, or? Think, it, I think it was maybe. Uh, the thing is the book, a lot of the book is about AI. Uh, and people are, you know, she. I don't oh, think she said specifically what... Um, what parts were generated by ChatGPT? It's possible that it's the passages in the book that are supposed to be responses from an AI that could be the AI generated portions. I don't really know, but uh, I'm not sure if this is a almost like a like a statement or um, performance art or uh, like drawing a line. I'm not really sure what a it is. A lot of times, it, this just happened, so I'm sure there'll be. If they did something like that and they came out and said it, you would think like, oh, okay, well, maybe they're trying to cover their ass. But if they started from 
it thematically, if it's talking about those kinds of issues, I can see how that could be part of it. I absolutely could. Yeah, this is so she she announced in her acceptance speech. So I know we don't normally do follow ups on Friday, but there were so many interesting articles and personal accounts that were uh, posted in our subreddit uh, morning somewhere uh, this last Friday about the discussion about the Reddit versus dig. It was essentially what I was leading into was a kind of a thought experiment for what does it mean to buy low and what does it mean to sell high? Because a lot of people will find themselves uh, in a position at some point in their life of what's the right time to sell something, you know, whether it's a house or a yeah. car or whatever, you're never you know? going to know what the top is until after. But yeah. It's really easy to see it, you know, when you're about five years out from it. Um, but a lot of people were posting about, uh, there was, uh, a gentleman by the name of num R 87. I hope I'm pronouncing <laughs> that correctly. <laughs> but the user posted a link to, uh, an NPR article that talked about how bronze medal winners in the Olympics are much happier on average than our silver medalists because bronze medalists are just happy to have medaled and silver medalists uh, just think that they didn't win gold, essentially. It's almost. It's that almost. And that's so close. That almost. And I will admit Reddit is incredibly aggravating, but one of the best things about Reddit is you will occasionally find these incredible gems that people say. Or if you see a situation in a really, really popular post, the one that's voted to the top is always like the perfect joke. And it's it's an example of how all of us are funnier than any of us, you know, that if you put us all together, we can come up with a perfect joke, but nobody individually is that funny, you know? <laughs> uh, and somebody said in relation to this, and it's buried somewhere in the comments, either for last week's episode or uh, in one of these articles. And I, excuse me, I don't remember the user who posted it, um, but they said that in team sports in the Olympics, that in order to win a bronze medal, you have to win your last game because you're in the third place round and you're either going to medal or not and you win, and you win your medal, to get a silver, you have to lose your last game. Oh, yeah. So you walk away having lost, and you didn't get the gold, but to get the bronze, you won, and you prevented yourself from not meddling at all. Right, so you, at least you kind of go out on a high. It is interesting. It's like a totally different mentality, and you can see how that would lead to that. We also had a user whose name is L.C. Hirsch. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> uh, he, uh, they posted that they were a... Five numbers out of six lottery winner in Australia. And I'm going to read their post here. Can't remember all the details, and the app doesn't go back that far for proof, but I had all the winning numbers bar one. Funnily enough, I had a 44, and what I needed was a four. See, oh, see they remember the number. number off. They yeah, remember they, the absolutely. number. Absolutely. Uh, and it was long ago, so long ago, the app can't find it, but they definitely still remember the number. I'm not 100% sure how drawings in Australia work, but even though I had one number missing, I was placed in the third division and won 3.7K Australian dollars, I assume. If I had the four I needed, uh, it would have been a three-way split of 20 million. Oof. Almost. After the initial, what are the odds are you shitting me feeling wore off? I just laugh about it. I still got a few grand out of it. I funded a very nice gaming PC, the only logical choice. I agree with you. Uh, and I still play my weekly $15 ticket. I've had some very low moments in my life since then where I have little thoughts of, quote, bad luck, but it's definitely not something that hangs over me. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. I, I really appreciate them sharing that story. It's fun to get personal insights like that when people have them. But it would be those low moments of like when, you know, when things are, bills are due or things are tight and you're thinking about that. There's also another thing that's there that's unique to lotteries where it's, let's say you get the Powerball and you beat all the odds and you make $120 million dollars. But then you find out once the numbers come out, because you know the moment you match them. And right. you're like, holy shit, I just won $120 million. 
if five other pe- people match it, then suddenly you've got one fifth of what you thought you had. Right. Which is still an incredible amount of money. But, but it's going to feel like it got stolen somehow. But you, the lottery winners don't find out until a couple days later that they've split the money, which I think is just is, is fascinating. Anyway, if you're interested in uh, uh, seeing that, that's on the Morning Somewhere subreddit. Which is a very happy little group. I like it them a is. lot. It is. It's been a, it's been a nice place so far. And I will say too, another point of discussion that came up there was that we should understand what this is like because we were spoiler, we were eliminated in the last leg of our season of the Amazing Race. Ashley and I were always very very happy about the fact that we made it all the way around the world in the competition. We even got flown to Santa Barbara where the, where it ended, <laughs> even though we weren't there to finish. I think actually coming in, knew, knowing that we were out of contention made that way easier. I've never thought about it since then. Have you? No, not really. Uh, and it is funny, too. We did come in second. We were almost a lot of times, but it hasn't hung over our heads because the overall experience was just so great. I think we still hold the record to this day for the most second place finishes or we're at least tied for that spot. Meaning each week we finished second place more than anyone else had. And yep. we, ne- we, we never got a first place. So take that competition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for your second place podcast, uh, January 2nd, <laughs> 2024. We will be back to talk to you tomorrow. We hope you'll be here as well. Have a great Monday, everybody. Bye.